The NASCAR Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. Drivers, start your in and pull those belts up tight as the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presents the NASCAR Gambling Podcast. I'll wreck my mom to win a championship. I'll wreck your mom to win a championship. With all the news and the best bets for your NASCAR weekend. It refrains me from not beating the out of you right now because you ask me stupid questions. But since I'm on probation, I suppose that that's uh, improper to say as well. If you could talk about racing things, we could talk about racing things. Now, here are your hosts, Rod Gomez and Cody Zeeb. Ooh, do we got a weekend of racing for you, ladies and gentlemen. It is the NASCAR Gambling Podcast here on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He is the man on the streets, Cody Zeeb. I'm Rod Gomez. And uh, Cody, listen, I, I Cody was like, look, we got to do this tonight. I'm hyped up. I'm all jazzed up. I, I threw a punch at Ross Chastain too, uh, but I had to cool him down. Unfortunately, I was at a birthday party last night, so I couldn't necessarily get back to the studio in time to to ride Cody's high. But uh, buddy, I mean, first of all, welcome back. And second of all, how the hell was it, man? Oh man, Rod, that I'm still riding the high. Don't worry. What a weekend. The whole entire weekend was just a, a super fun experience. And then you throw on top of it one of the greatest NASCAR races we've seen in recent history. You you add a fight at the end. I happened to be right there in the middle of the fight. Uh grab the grab the TV screenshot afterwards. You can see me right there. Uh so yeah, it was man, just a very, very fun weekend. Had a blast at the track. Uh, it, it, again, if you've never been to a NASCAR race, you need to make it a point to get to the closest one to you. Go to it. You are going to have so much fun. Um, and then obviously with the access I was able to get with the media pass, a uh, lot, lot of fun throughout the weekend. It was a really, really good time. Um, yeah, and it, man, it just, again, like not only did I, I would have had a good time even if it was a bad race, then you throw in the fact that it was a great race, so many storylines, so many things happening. Uh, and then the fight, obviously, just tops everything off at the end there. So, uh, man, yeah, it just oh, an amazing, amazing weekend, Rob. This was, by all rights and accounts, and not just the cup race, but the truck race earlier that weekend, obviously on Saturday, was a great race as well. You know, we had we had even said, just chalk it up. This is going to be Kyle Busch's race. And we didn't see that happen. So because of that, we got some fantastic racing all weekend long. This is the weekend of racing, Cody. I think that NASCAR is going to go back. They're going to study why this was a great two days worth of racing. And the ARCA series race was pretty good too, right? I mean, there was good racing there as well. Yeah. So Yeah, the whole, the whole weekend was just, it was full of good racing. And, and I think that... As we look forward, and, and the, I think the guys on DBC had mentioned this as well, but like this is the perfect stretch. So you had Kansas, 
the high wear track, all kinds of racing lines. Now we're going to Darlington, one of the toughest tracks on the on the circuit, nicknamed the Lady in Black, right? Too tough to tame, and it's high tire wear. Then we're going to North Wilkesboro, a track that has sat for years, sat abandoned for years. They've you know fixed it up, but it's not repaved. It's going to be massive tire wear there. I think that these three races are going to be so good, and it's going to be because of the tire wear. And I understand that Goodyear doesn't want to put a tire that wears out super fast because people will be, well, look at how fast that Goodyear tire wears out. But if people aren't smart enough to figure out the difference between the racing tire and the tire that goes on your own car, you know, I mean, <laughs> again, like I think that Goodyear right now controls so much of how this product continues to be because the tire wear we've seen has made so much better racing. I think we're going to see that over the next couple of weeks as well. And then they're going to look back and be like, how did, how did we catch this lightning in a bottle at these three tracks? And that's going to be something they're really going to have to look at more. But tire wear, we saw it in F1 this weekend too. It's just that that's the way that strategies are made. I mean, obviously, if you know that your car is going to lose a lot of time on old tires, you have to think about when and when where you take them. I mean, it's it's literally not just a a well, we want to make a tire last the longest that we can because you know we don't want to look like we're not doing our jobs. That's not even what it's about. We know that you can make a tire that lasts the entire race long. That's not that's not what we're after. We're after strategy. We're after lanes. We're after grip. We're after all of these things that you you know that you can kind of control through your tire. Right. And, and like I said, we saw it in F1 this weekend. So there's no, we, we don't think that you're not doing your job by giving you a tire that wears down after 40 laps or, or 35 laps to make you have to pick your line, have to pick your battles. Right. That's, that's part of racing. And that's what these guys are trying to do. And boy, I tell you, if it turns out anything like this weekend at Kansas, Cody, I'm, I'm all for it. Keep going. It's, it's going to be hard to top this week. I mean, and that's the other thing too, is like this race had, a mixture of everything, right? You had the the tire wear, the strategy part of things, and so you'd have guys pitting, you'd have guys that didn't pit, you had guys taking some tires, some guys not taking tires. I mean, everything was just jumbled up throughout the field, throughout the day. Everybody's on strategy. You had comers and goers. You know, the Hendrick cars look fast on the short runs, and then the the Toyotas look fast on the the long runs. It was they set a record for most lead changes at a mile and a half track and most lead changes in a 400 mile race um, on a, a mile and a half, I think might've been a qualifier in there, but either way it was like, I think it was 36. I don't know if you have it right in front of you, but 36 lead changes or something like that. And that wasn't just like we passed him. We passed him back. That was 36 times as they crossed the line. It had been a different leader from the previous lap. Like lead, they was changing. There was passing. You never really had guys running away. There was a couple of times, right, where it kind of got stretched out, some green flag racing. But even then, guys weren't, you know, pulling away like we've kind of seen at some of the other tracks and stuff. Like, there was always somebody starting to run them down. Obviously, the end of the race, I mean, Ham the way Hamlin methodically ran Kyle Larson down, just lap after I mean, you could see it, lap after lap, just making gains. He was perfect. Hit every mark. Then he'd catch him. He'd try to pass him. He'd just miss. And he and they open up the gap again, right? And then again, working on it, lap after lap after like the precision and perfection that Denny Hamlin put into stalking Kyle Larson and honestly making Kyle Larson mess up. Like if you watch that, it looked like he dumped him, of course, 
but he made Larson bounce it off the wall and didn't give him any room. They made contact after that, but Larson hit the wall first, whether he disturbed the air or whatever it was. And like everything about it was just precision to watch it. It, it was such great racing. And yeah, it, the whole, just the whole weekend was electric. The race was electric. Like we've had some races this season where it's kind of been like, eh, you know, but I mean like this race was the pinnacle of this is what NASCAR racing can be. You're not going to get this in F1. Like I love F1. So we have the F1 show, but like this is the best racing in the world. And this is what it has the potential to be. Not that there's not things they can't improve on still, but like just put Kansas on the rate. Like, let's just have the weekly series at Kansas. Like, I'll go back every week for more of that. It was so good. I'm excited for him to come back to this track in the fall. Um, and yeah, I mean, just uh, man, we need more of these time to time to uncover Chicago land, time to uncover Kentucky, whatever other mile and a halfs are out there rotting. Maybe they haven't torn up Auto Club yet. We could save it. Still, oh wait, they already sold it. Never mind. But buy it back. <laughs> Something like these are the perfect tracks. These old, worn-out surfaces where it's just the racing has been incredible. It has, and we'll get into it more. Yeah, we get, we're gushing so much, we lost track of time. Let's uh, let's step away for a quick break. Come back and talk more about this fantastic racing weekend. But first, let's tell you about Shady Rays. Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for a Shady May. Not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you also have a chance to win $500. As always, Shady Rays has you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized shades, customizable snow goggles, and so much more. Shady Rays have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. That's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair of sunglasses you get is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even seconds after you buy it, doesn't matter. They told us they'll send you a brand new pair with no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they've always got your back long after you purchase and right after you purchase too. If you don't love them too, exchange them for a new pair or return them completely free within 30 days. No risk when you shop Shady Rays. That team's always got your back. So go to ShadyRays.com right now. Use the promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Then take your receipt to the Sports Gambling Podcast. Sports Gambling Podcast.com slash Shady Ray for your chance to win $500 in our Shady May contest. Just get so excited talking about all of this uh, fantastic stuff and uh, fantastic racing that sometimes you just kind of lose yourself and, and forget where you're at. But uh, yeah, look, I know that you saw it firsthand, which amplified the experience a million times over, but it did not lose anything in the translation on television. I will tell you right now, that I've, you know, I've watched NASCAR for 20 plus years now. I mean, it's something I've done for years and years and years. And I honestly, I cannot remember. I cannot remember, especially in the last 10 years or so, a race in which, especially a mile and a half, in which there was never a clear cut, okay, this person really is going to win. You know what I'm saying? Like at points, like you said, uh, it looked like Larson was running away with it. It looked like, um, you know, several other people were running away with it at one point. Uh, it looked like Byron might do it. It looked like Truex uh, might do Byron it. Byron goes two laps down, and then he still is in the mix to win at the end. Like That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, and yeah, I, could, I heard bits and pieces of the, the TV coverage in the, in the press box. They had, 
he would kind of rotate back and forth between TV coverage and, and uh, them are in broadcast as well. And yeah, I heard him multiple times on the TV broadcast say, you know, pick who's going to win this race. Like you have no idea. I mean, it could have been a, a ton of different guys. I mean, there were points. Bubba Wallace looked really good and fast. Chase Elliott looked like he was going to catch that 20 to one Verstappen Elliott bet we had given out at some points. Like, uh, I mean, the Byron speed coming all the way back. Uh, like you said, Truex Ham. I mean, there were so many guys that were so fast in this field. Chastain had his, his you know, parts where he looked really fast as well. Um, so, yeah, just overall a wonderful day. A lot of good guys. I mean, so we're 12 races in. We've got nine different winners. Starting to look a little bit like last season again. I mean, it, it does seem like it really is the Hendrick and uh, and Toyota, you know, Gibbs, Toyota specifically, show kind of at this point but even with that being said like it's still you've got a ton of different winners we've got some more super speedways coming up we got a bunch of road courses we have a street course which who the hell knows what's going to happen when we get there and there's some big names that haven't won like ross chastain's on that list kevin harvick is on that list ryan blaney brad keselowski alex bowman when he comes back he's not won a race Chase Elliott is on that list, um, you know, and then there's other other guys on this list that that are on bigger teams. You've got guys like Briscoe. If we get back to a short flat track, oh, I can't wait to talk about Briscoe. I'm so excited. Uh, you know, guys like Corey LaJoy when he wins Atlanta in a couple weeks, gonna be on this list. You've got the Ryan Priests, Eric Amarola's, Austin Dillon's. I mean, those guys are all on teams that either have wins or or. You know, Stuart Haas could have some wins maybe with, with Kevin Harvick. But it, there's a lot of guys on this list that could win. There's some wildcard tracks coming up still. It's uh, it's shaping up to be a pretty fun race to the playoffs here. It really Well, I mean, the, with everybody that's that's been good all season long, it's just, yeah, 12 different, 12 different drivers led at least one lap in this race, up to and including Michael McDowell. Oh. <laughs> no, hey, well, yeah, and Corey, Corey LaJoy Le led seven laps. I, yeah, uh, I tried dumping my entire bale of cardboard on the track when LaJoy cycled out to the front with whatever 30 laps to go or whatever it was and uh, get him to hit the sprinkler button, trying to get the sprinklers in the infield to go off, get the track too wet. Just didn't happen. Yeah, nice That's try. <laughs> Look, and, and what's crazy, so this, this race clocked in at three hours, 24 minutes. Like you said, there was 37 lead changes, 3,000. 632 green flag passes in this uh 11 cautions for 57 laps so i mean there was you had it and all that, thrills another spills. part of it too was like guys just losing their cars all by themselves almost like showed you how hard it was to handle i think that's i think that that's a good thing that you know the, these cars aren't just easy to go out there like these guys are fighting things and, and you did see all the mistakes and a lot of of spin outs by themselves or just two cars kind of getting together because they run out of room. There was four wide racing, like half the race. It seemed like this race really, really had just about everything in it. Like, uh, man, and, and to be there in person, I'm sure the TV was great, but to be there in person, it was electric. The crowd was into it. I mean, everybody was loving it and it was, it was a great, great day. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it would have been like to actually have been at that race. <clears throat> I know that I will be at one uh, in a couple of weeks, but uh, definitely won't be as, I think, exciting as as a Kansas race. Uh, but still exciting nonetheless. It'll be it'll be fun. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, listen to, to think, and I didn't, you know, it's funny because yeah, we talked about Hamlin winning this race. I forgot that he even won stage one as well. Like I literally forgot that in the whole grand scheme of things, I forgot he won stage one. Uh, of course that was all a lot of pit strategy too, but by the same token, it was like, uh, you just, well, yeah. Never and then knew. you had that weird stage two where it shook out weird and like Logano won that, but then it was like McDowell was in there and a bunch of other guys that aren't normally Ty Dillon, I think was like fifth or sixth in that stage. And it was just like, whoa, everything was just, was super crazy in this race, like throughout the whole day. And there was never, never any really long dry spells where just one guy was out front. I mean, it got to a couple of points where things were spread out, but the cautions were kind of spread out perfectly enough where as things would get spread out, it would bunch it back up. And then, you know, everybody's four wide going into turn one again as, as they restarted. And uh, yeah, just, an amazing product that that NASCAR put on, the Kansas Speedway put on, and uh, yeah, I, a lot of people have been talking about, oh, you know, Kansas Speedway. They need to cut that back to to one date. Uh, I think that that should answer that question. It's time to get them get rid of Texas, and uh, we'll have Kansas Speedway get a third date. Feel like we put that one to bed for sure. <laughs> uh, all right, well, we will continue to throw in uh, Cody's stories of the weekend throughout the rest of the show, but obviously, we'll break down our bets as we always do and. Again, kind of recap the races like we do with it. So uh, hang tight. We'll be right back after this. I will tell you right now that I am not an app person when it comes to trying to meet people. I never was. Thank God that I didn't necessarily have to do it. It wouldn't have been for me. I know that I would be clumsy trying to swipe. I'd be swiping in the wrong direction, hooking up with people that I don't even know because I like. I was like, wait, do I swipe left? Do I swipe right? I don't get it. I'm confused. Well, guess what? The guesswork is taken out for you completely now with Talkify. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service. It's designed to help you achieve relationship success if you need it. Their trusted compatibility specialist hand selects successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. Here's how it works. Talkify matches, the, the matchmakers there at Talkify meet with you to learn all about who you are and what you're looking for in a partner. Then what they do, they'll select and screen the potential match candidates for you, doing all the background checks, video interviews. They'll even ask all the tough questions that you're too scared or are way too awkward to ask for that first date. Whatever you want to know, they're going to ask it for you. From there, your matchmaker plans your date, instructions, and all the introductions, handles all the communications for you, creating a safe and stress-free dating experience. Who doesn't want that? Talkify is committed to finding your match too. Get this, 80% of the clients met their person within the first 12 matches. It's pretty good success. Plus you get to have 11 new friends. Not bad, right? Uh, right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at Talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. You want to meet your match? Go to a NASCAR race. Pretty sure that there's a lot of folks out there right. <laughs> having That's a good it. old time, huh? <laughs> yeah, no, again, yeah, just, uh, I, I could go on for hours and hours about how much fun was had there, about how great that race was. Uh, it just, man, this, this race really, really did have it all has me excited for the next couple of weeks with, with somewhat similar tracks. I mean, 
Darlington this next week. Uh, again, an intermediate style of track, the heavy wear, the, the different turns, you know, different shape turns. I don't want to jump too far ahead, but going to be a really good one. And then I think North Wilkesboro and, and everything and throwback weekend at Darlington. Oh, it's one of my favorites. I'm pumped. I know. I know. I'm ready to do, go uh, swimming in that minnow pond. But like again, we'll we'll talk about that <laughs> in a second. Um, all right, let's start talking about some of these bets that we had uh, for the Advent 400, Advent Health rather 400 at Kansas. Finally, Rod had a great day. Doesn't matter how many of these you hit, if you listen to one piece of advice. You had a big day. You're damn right you did. And, uh, yeah, a, a lot of this stuff just kind of shook out so well and uh, and had a, a, I mean, I had a pretty decent day overall. A couple of bad luck things happened, but uh, overall I think I had a pretty decent day as well. Uh, all right, Cody, well, start us out with, uh, with where you started out. Yep, I had Kyle Busch over uh, Joey Logano. This probably could have gone either way. Kyle had a pretty fast car, decent, decent run. And then uh, obviously was a result of one of those spins. I don't remember. Did he spin on his own? I think he did. Yeah, it was. Well, um, or did he have help? Nah, he had a little bit of help. He did. But it yeah, was, I think the six checked up in front of him and yeah. somebody got into him. I can't remember. Yeah, no, but uh, it but, was it was basically just him spinning. But yeah. there was a little bit and of then, help. Uh, there. And he, if he would have been able to keep it off the wall, that was the same thing with Ty Gibbs. Like both their spins weren't that bad. But once they hit the wall. That, that kind of ended everything for them. So Joey Logano, um, I have to go back and look, but I think he's like every other race has had. It's either he's like top five, top seven, or he's like worse than 20th. So yeah, Logano finished sixth. Case, might, uh, he finished yeah, sixth. He, he ends up finishing sixth this week. So he got his good weekend. Maybe next week will be his bad one. Who knows? Again, Logano is just so unpredictable. I, I don't know. I don't know how to ever bet for him or against him, I guess. But uh, I feel like this one would have had a much better chance. Logano didn't even have that great of a car throughout the day. His was more strategy calls, kind of got him up there, kept him up there. Ended up getting a good result for him, but uh, I think that Kyle really could have given him a run for his money had he not wrecked out. Oh, Bush was right in the mix the whole damn day. I mean, he was literally yeah. running up there. I mean, Logano, like you said, that was strategy call for him, but obviously Bush had the faster car by and large and, and was making moves around the top 10, so... Um, I had him as a top three car. I don't think that he would have ever made it as a top three. I, I I thought he was fast, but I don't think he would have made it in the top three. Probably he had a top ten car, maybe a top eight car, but I don't I don't know. There was a lot of fast guys in that top five, that top three that he didn't have it. You know, he didn't have the speed for those guys. He didn't have speed for the Toyotas in the long run. Um, and, and yeah, I don't think Bush would have made it to the top three. It was a, it was a fun bet to make, but again, I, I just don't think he would have ever done it. He, plus he started 16th. So he kind of did himself in by having to start that far in the back too. Yep. Yeah. And again, it just got, got bad circumstances. That was, after, I think that was after the stage two break where everybody kind of got shuffled back. He'd been one of the front runners. Then he was kind of you know, marred back there and, and ended up getting caught up. So, uh, this next one. Man, I feel like we kind of got the rough end of the stick on this. It was LaJoy over Almondinger, plus 144. I still feel like for the money you got it at, uh, very good um, price still at plus money. Only missed it by six spots. Corey ends up in, in 20th uh, with AJ in 14th. But Corey was running 12th to 15th all day long. Ended up staying out there late, like I said. I think they were kind of hoping for uh, another handful of cautions, maybe get that track position end up hitting later with everybody else and 
trying to take advantage. That strategy didn't quite work out, so he ends up falling a little farther back. Um, but, I mean, Corey, very impressive day yet again. They had to go to the back to start the race. Uh, I don't remember what they had to change, but they had a slight change, but enough that sent him to the back to start the race. We talked about it in the Discord, right? It didn't scare us off of him in DFS. Still ends up being a very solid play for DFS for the day. Um, but, yeah, I really, I mean, it was impressive how he got up into the top 12. He was kind of running up there all day long uh, for the most part, and then I think the strategy just kind of got us at the end. But this one wasn't that far off from cashing. It was, I mean, he led seven laps. It wasn't as if he wasn't around. Like you said, the front, it was It was kind of, a, and even the broadcast itself was like, oh, hey, look at Corey LaJoy up here in the top, you know, five, and six, seven. And I bet seven. they never talked about Almondinger, did they? Because no, they did Dude, not. just, he's, uh, I don't know, it sounds, uh, so I was at the the tweet up with with uh, Bob Pockris and, and Jeff Gluck that they do every race, uh, which was a great time. If you're at any tracks, get to that for sure. Those guys are are awesome dudes it was really nice to talk to them this weekend and uh they stood there for a long time you know they kind of like it's like a circle and they kind of just talk out to people and and take questions and stuff and then kind of go off on sidebar and just have conversations with people and really interesting to hear their takes but they did kind of mention that uh Almendinger not having a lot of fun right now rod got a baby on the way 16 car might be open next year. We'll see. We got a stretch of road courses coming up. I think we still have five more road courses this season. So maybe a win or two will change things for him. But uh doesn't sound like he's really enjoying himself. They've just overall been struggling uh, week in and week out over in that camp. And what's even more frustrating about that, I'm sure, even to his standards, is that he knows that 16 car can be fast. It was fast last season. It was fast on tracks. We didn't think the 16 car was going to be fast on. So it's not as if the speed isn't there. It's not as if they're like an Alphatari or, or you know, like a, a, a Williams who's struggling to find pace. They got it. It's just yeah. for whatever reason, it's yeah. not there. This they're year. not. A, they're not a Chase Briscoe. They're not a Chase. They're <laughs> not a Chase Briscoe. They don't have a, a brick. By the way, attached. Uh, to sounds him. like Colleague was one of the final teams in the running for the Toyota part there, and uh, ended up going to Legacy Motor Club instead. Mm. So, be interesting to uh, see how that that relationship with Chevy keeps going that, that going forward. When uh, you know they find out that you're kind of stepping out on them, thinking about leaving them for somebody else, you know. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that, that actually is quite an interesting little take there. I didn't, I didn't think about that. Um, all right. My next bet was heartbreaking, utter heartbreak. Truex top five plus one ten. Truex not what happened to Truex at the, how did this not cash? He had one of the best cars all day long. Truex led the second most laps 79 to be, uh, in total. None of them toward the end. That last caution screwed Elliot and Truex both. I, I think, man, just yeah, sad well, because I think that either of those guys possibly could have won this had it gone green. Yeah, you know, not been for that final caution. It was tires. It really all came down to tires, and just you know, even oh, yeah. even he, yeah. he was he was struggling with mm-hmm. it big time, and they pitted late. Yep, and then that kind of mired him back. That's exactly what happened, and he had he had no tires left for everybody because, or no, he actually had a full set left. He just w- it was just too late for him to pit at that point. He had a, yep. a, a last set of sticker tires because they pitted. Uh, they they were off sequence, and he was around the front, and then everybody else pretty much came in to pit, and he still had his old tires. 
And then by the time it was, you know, too, it was just too late for him to pit. There was no reason, no way for him to get back up there. Dude had a top five car all damn day long. Just when it counted, wasn't there. And I was devastated. That was, that was a rough way to lose that bet. Yeah, for sure. Uh, this one, Josh Berry, top 10, plus 190. It had legs for a little while. He was he was kind of running up there in the mix, like you kind of expect. Not not up in the front front, but 10th, 15th, kind of in that range. Uh, ends up spinning. Surprise, Josh Berry going around. It happens a lot. But uh, And then his guy day just kind of went to crap after that. Uh, I think he ended up lapped down for a little while and stuff and, and wasn't really able to, to march back forward. Ends up in 25th. Um, but I think he did have a car worthy of a top 10 again at almost two to one. Uh, maybe that'll drop his odds a little farther back for this coming week at Darlington will be something I'll definitely entertain again. Um, assuming Bowman is not back. I, I guess he could be back. Uh, I think they said two to three. Did they say two to three weeks, three to four weeks? Something I can't like remember. that. Yeah. yeah. Either way, he's missed a couple already. So who knows when he'll be back. But uh, yeah, I think Barry top 10 will still be something we'll consider going forward. Um, it, it just, it, again, didn't quite work out for him this week, but obviously we know that's a very fast car. Yeah. I mean, Barry was, uh, at one point in seventh place, he had 29, almost 30% of his laps inside the top 15, which again, in a situation like that, not, not a bad area for him to be in. Could have been in the top 10 even longer, but I mean, like you said though, this race, the ebb and the flow of this race, just, it had people in the positions that we wanted and then 15 minutes later, took him right the hell out. So it was like you could never really tell where somebody was going to be at any given part. Um, so that was frustrating. But uh, my next bet, I had uh, Ross Chastain over Chase Elliott. Um, this one, you know, it's it seemed like it was never in doubt, in fact. Uh, Especially after practice and qualifying. Holy yeah, <laughs> right? I mean, Chase Elliott starts in 21st position, and you think, oh, man. And that nine car was, was back for a better part of the race, but he was the one that made all the right calls. Like that team literally did everything right. He made some fantastic passes. Cody, what happens? The head to head comes down to one position. Chase Elliott. I don't know how on God's green earth this happened. One spot over Ross Chastain uh, or no, I'm sorry. Uh, no, Ross. Ch I was looking at the, God damn it, Rod. <laughs> yeah. Wait. I think it was two spots, but, yeah. Chastain. Yeah. Chastain still got him by two spots. So it counts for you. Yay. Um, yeah. And just to the Elliott point quick, uh, he's actually not completely out of getting in on points. It, it's unlikely, I think, but the path is there. Uh, so right now to match the current pace of Daniel Suarez, who's 16th in the points, um, Elliott would need 27.4 points a race to catch him. Uh, to catch Busher, who's 14th, assuming there's a couple of more winners, obviously. Uh, he'd need 34 points a race. He's averaging 29.7 so far this year. So if he continues to go, um, you know, and average these points, which there's road a bunch of road courses coming up, and with the way that they've, you know, taken the, the stage cautions out, that actually might play into Elliott's favor as far as being able to, to score stage points and stuff. Still got that outside chance. Again, we're already at nine winners, so that uh, that window could close quickly, but he does have that outside chance at, at getting in on points. Yeah, if he keeps um, running like this, yeah. Yeah. Next up for me, uh, I had Ty Gibbs top 10 at plus 160 on Caesars. 
Oh, Rod, I was kicking myself in the early portions of this race for not taking Ty Gibbs to win. He had a rocket ship. He looked so good. He looked so fast. Ends up being one of those guys. Spins out that he taps the wall just enough, and that tire was coming apart. And I, I'm sitting up in the box, and I'm looking, and I'm like, doesn't look that bad. And he's limping around, and you see the tire just shredding and blowing up, and then he just goes into the infield. And uh, how how can NASCAR tell a driver that they don't have a tow truck that has enough power to push him out of the grass, and then he has to get out and go to the infield care center? If I'm Ty Gibbs, if I'm Ty Gibbs, Cody, I'm just pushing him a damn self. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't I'm need surprised you. Surprised he didn't get out and push it yeah. because he was pissed and he should be like, he could have continued. Now he went too fast going back under the flat tire. He probably should have nursed it a little more. He would have got the cautions later that could have got him back on the lead lap and stuff. Obviously, that was just a rookie mistake, I think. Um, but oh man, it, it just they had a chance to still limp it around. He could have got something. Uh, I'm going to continue to to target Gibbs as we go forward. Um, and then I had Bubba Wallace top five over on Caesars plus 200. This one did hit. Um, gave out Bubba as a live bet in the Discord. I think 11 to 1 I got him at during the race. I was feeling really good about that. He had a very fast car. His ability to be able to get runs and pass guys was amazing. I mean, he, he could just, it seemed like he could pull to the bottom whenever he wanted to and just dart around guys, slide up in front of them. It was really working well for him. Uh, there were times in this race where I thought for sure he could be in the mix to win. Uh, didn't do that, but he did cash the top five finish at plus 200. You know, you look at some of the impressive uh, start finishes, and Bubba Wallace started 17th, finished 4th. Fantastic game for him, along with Elliott, started 21st, finished 7th. Um, Stenhouse, 33rd, finished 12th. Not bad for him. And then Almondinger. Been having a good run. Hey, he's he's kind of made himself known to the series now. Almost can't really laugh at him as much as we used to. You know, like I said, finding a way to bet on him might be difficult, but at the at the same time, he's showing us something at least. And then of course Almendinger, uh, twenty seventh and fourteenth. But yeah, uh, speaking of Gibbs, I had him over Daniel Suarez. <sighs> this one looked like it was going to cash too. For the most part, Suarez finishes fifteenth in this race. Um, this was the right bet. Yeah, it was. It most yeah, because even even for Suarez, it was a back and forth thing. Because even Suarez had his fair share of trouble and and really benefited from a lot of the cautions and a lot of the chaos that that happened over the course of the day to to wind up fifteenth. But for Gibbs, if he would have been able to stay where he was at, he would have finished better than fifteenth for sure. If not. Like you said, maybe had a shot at at least a top three or even a win, uh, for that matter. I mean, I'm surprised he didn't lead any laps by uh, by the time he was out because it was 176. You know, that was that was still pretty deep into the race, and he was battling for a top five spot, battling for a you know top three spot at times. So, um, yeah, Gibbs was really good. Daniel Suarez, like I said, just kind of lucked his way into a 15th place position. I think this would have, if Gibbs would have still been running at the end of the race, this would have cashed. Yeah. I mean, Gibbs was, was running top five for a while just on, on raw speed. I mean, he was, he was fast. He looked good. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think this was kind of just a bad beat with his his wreck and that whole thing. I had Josh Berry over Chase Briscoe uh, again. And if you're not in the Discord, get in there. The Kyle Busch thing gave us a whipping on, on Friday night. We'll get into that when we get in the trucks. We were very, very big on that. But said we were going to get it all back on this one. And this was easy money. Let me read you a list of cars that were faster, or that were rather, let me read you a list of cars that were slower in this race than Chase Briscoe. Okay, that was the list. <laughs> now, guys that Chase Briscoe beat in this race that did not wreck out of this race. Josh Balicki. That is the list. That is the list. Uh, I mean, <laughs> and it started so early, too. It was, it was great. It was just... I mean, from the drop of the green flag, like he just looked slow. He looked horrible. And then I don't even remember what happened. Uh, what was it? Did he spin out early or something? And then he ends up getting the pit road penalty. Then they lose a wheel. Just everything that could go wrong went wrong. And then even when he was out there, like he just looked slow as hell. Like there was nothing in that car. He looked like Josh Blick. He looked like BJ McLeod out there just driving around for a Sunday drive getting lapped every time he looked up. It was glorious. I tried to tell everybody. I heard some other podcasts talking about, wow, there's just no speed in this 14 car. It's so surprising. I'm like, no, it's not. I've been calling this for weeks. They do not have speed on these intermediates. And, and again, uh, let's take a look at Stuart Haas. Like Kevin Harvick ends up finishing 11th. Did they talk about him on TV all day? Because I did not see Kevin Harvick anywhere throughout this day so him getting in 11th place pretty much checks out for what he does almarola somehow recovered after his spin and got 13th um but other than that you got to go to 27th for ryan priest and then like we talked about with briscoe 32nd uh Balicki was the only car running better than or you know running worse than him that was still out there and briscoe i mean he qualified 31st he just he was slow all weekend long and I think, I mean, again, I hope they don't start taking away these head-to-heads just because he's been so bad the last couple of weeks. But if they give it to us again this week at Darlington, another intermediate track, Faye Briscoe, like, it almost doesn't matter who he's matched up against as long as it's not B.J. McLeod because that's the only car he can maybe sometimes beat, even though he's right with him every week. That's the only car he beats on a consistent basis. So anybody else, I'm just going to Briscoe because – it's been working, so I got very heavily invested on fading Briscoe. I know a couple guys had Ty Gibbs over Briscoe, which, again, a horrible beat just because the accident. I mean, Gibbs was a way, 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 way better car. Um, but hopefully you got down on the Barry thing early in the week because that minus 115, that was the bet of the week for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah, there was no there was no way. And you're right. I mean, he just sort of fell like a rock, and that was – you know, he was up for a second and then not. Like, there was just no way. They, they kept saying, where'd that 14 car? Oh, he's he's getting lapped. <laughs> like, oh, he's not fighting for position. He's getting lapped. It seemed uh, like every time I looked up, the leaders were about to pass him again. And I was like, wow, here uh, we go again. So you talked about Amarola recovering from his spin. Boy, when that 10 car went around, I, my heart sunk. He And it was early, too. So early in the race. Lap 139. Uh, Almarola, he was actually I had him as a group winner, um, and and uh, it had Austin Dillon in it, and really I, the only thing, the only one that beat him was Austin Dillon, and that was frustrating. But hats off to Austin Dillon's pit crew. 
uh, and, and pit strategy because that's exactly what got them back uh, to. They started in 11th, Austin Dillon did, which is a good start for them, but they did not stay there long at all. And in fact, for most of the race, he was mired around the low teens, high 20s in that area while Amarola was safely inside like the top 15 for most of the day. In fact, you know, that's that's basically where he ended up running uh, for most of this race until he ended up spinning. And honestly, I feel like if Austin Dillon would not have stayed out on one of those cautions, that Eric Amarola would have ended up winning this group because Ryan Priest was in there as well. Uh, and Ryan Priest finished in 24th. Eric Jones was in that group and he finished in 21st. Um, you know, he just, like I said, the only person that beat Amarola in this group was Austin Dillon. And unfortunately, it, and that was even closer than it was supposed to be because Austin Dillon finishes in 10th. Eric Amarola finishes in 13th position. So yet again, another uh, another head-to-head coming within a couple of spots, or well, even a group really, coming within a couple of spots. But it's just frustrating because Eric Amarola had a pretty decent car. It wasn't as if he was going to win, but I feel like a, a pretty decent uh, opportunity for him to finish somewhere in the top 12, maybe. He, he was The highest position he was at was sixth at one point in the race. So, like I said, uh, Austin Dillon lucked his way into a, a group win there. Yeah, I think Dillon was kind of a surprise to end up being up there. Showed a little bit of speed throughout the day, but mostly strategy calls that, that got him up there. Honestly, I didn't think Almirola would even manage that good of a finish, but uh, but he did kind of prove me wrong there. I had Tyler Reddick 8-1. to one. I don't know that this one ever had a chance. He, he kind of hung up with the lead group all day, but never really was out front much. Um, uh, 23-11 had been fast there. Baba showed up again with a very fast car. Reddick didn't quite have it. Had Ross Chastain plus fourteen hundred. Uh, this one looked really good after he comes out and and he's super fast in practice. Qualifies in third place. His odds definitely dropped uh, as we got into Sunday, but uh, didn't quite get it done. Ends up in fifth place. Did land the best punch of the day though. I was gonna say his right does. hook was super fast too. He uh, oh man, you see how he was smiling right after that? Like dude, he was smiling the whole just time. The biggest fucking smile on his face. Like he, it's almost like and like you have to think like. The way that he handled that fight, he's been he's known it's coming, right? He's been training for this. Like Gregson grabs his fire suit. First thing he does with his left hand, his non-dominant hand, is grab Gregson's right fist. Like already blocking the shot. Tells him to stop twice. Like, okay, I gave my warning. Now it's self-defense. Just clocks him. You could hear it. I, I was right there. You could hear it. His fist bounce off of Gregson's jaw. It was incredible. Props to Ross for that. Um, but he was a fast car again throughout the day. I, I don't know that he ever had the winning car necessarily, um, but he was running up there and, and kind of in the mix throughout the day. Ryan Blaney, 16 to 1. Uh, I think we have to retire Blaney's corner again. Uh, again, it wasn't Blaney's day. Uh, man, I, I really want to see him get it done. I was hoping, I was trying to call him my shot. Didn't work out, uh, and yeah, it was was not great. And then we tossed out the uh, the F one gambling podcast crossover bet. Uh, Max Verstappen, Chase Elliott to win twenty to one. Max ran away with it, easy win. 
So we, that was in the books, you know, before the end of stage two. Then Elliot's leading late there, and I'm like, oh, I looked out. I'm like, all right, holding this 20 to one ticket. Like, this isn't looking too bad. And Elliot actually had fallen. I was looking at the odds Sunday morning. He had fallen to 20 to one um, just by himself alone. And that's crazy because he should never be at that bad of odds to, to win a race. Um, so something to keep an eye on, too. Uh, maybe checking those those Sunday morning lines a little more often and, and staying on top of that because, and again, that's a good good reason to be in the Discord. That's where we're going to have those types of conversations um, because, yeah, that's just, even though we didn't necessarily think he would have the speed, he ends up having a very fast car that could have won the race. Maybe if that last caution doesn't come out, he was the leader at that point, uh, and the pit cycle kind of hurt him. He ended up dropping back about four spots or so and just wasn't able to get back up there, but he was the leader when that last caution came out. Maybe things would have shaken out differently and, and we'd have catched this one. So I want to go back to the fight because obviously you were right there. You had ringside seats to that action. Um, and and honestly, that had to be a lot of bit of luck too to be right where that was, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, because you could be anywhere on that grid yeah. afterwards. And like, I just happened to be in the exact perfect spot. Uh, yeah, that worked out extremely well. I was... I was right there as the commotion took place. Did you hear the conversation leading up to it, though? No. So I can't remember whose car I was standing in front of. I'm not sure. It was a little bit farther. I was I was probably two or three cars in front of the Chastain car, and then you could hear, you know, people start like clamoring a little bit, and you could kind of hear Noah shouting. I look over. I start to head that direction, and Ro I see his Ross just pop him. You could hear it. Everybody goes crazy. Uh, at that time, Denny's climbing out of his car. The fans are booing like crazy. Like the whole place is just electric. There's booing. Everybody on pit road is, you know, oh my, and everybody's running over there. It was, it, it was great to be ringside for that. That security guard stepped in way too fast. Let the boys be boys. Let them have at it. I get that you can't let them fight too much, but Noah, Noah, when he got his hand free there, he went, he cocked back and went. The the guy in the gold shirt grabbed his arm quickly and pulled him back, stopped the punch. But uh Noah can take a punch. That's a couple different guys. Uh was it Harrison Burton got him a couple Burton, years ago. Yeah. Uh I think him and Hemrick got on a fight. Him and Ty Gibbs, I think, got into a scuffle. Was it Gibbs last season? I, I yeah, don't know I if it was so. him and Ty. Was uh, it I felt I like it was like Ty they had, and they had something, else. some type of dust up. Maybe yeah. it didn't come to come to punches, but yeah, he's not afraid. And then, uh, I mean, afterwards, I was standing there talking to him when uh, when Bob Pockers and uh, a couple of other guys were, were standing there interviewing him. And he's like, nobody has the balls to stand up to this guy, so I'll do it. And it sounds like as he was walking down the – because, I mean, he finished a ways back, so he's walking up the grid. It sounds like Chase Elliott egged him on. Like, the way that he said it was like, Chase was like, you know, somebody needs to show him how it's done. Almost like, go kick his ass for us, dude. Like, <laughs> well, he even said <laughs> he said great. that Chase Elliott sort of prompted yeah. him into, Prompt, into yeah, doing it. That so was, that was kind of his comments to Bob there, uh, which I thought was great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, and I'm okay with all of that. That's a, that road rage is a literal thing, and when you are on there that type of a race with that type of heightened emotions, like, come on, man. Like, I know that's going to happen. So. Um, you gotta, you gotta show it up. And 
I mean, if it is up to Gragson to be the hero nobody thought they would need, then by all means, yeah. let's let, do it. Let them land a couple punches, too. Like, NASCAR's already, they already got it on their Twitter. It's going to be on a loop on the Fox. Oh, like, hell yeah. every NASCAR commercial is going to be Chastain popping Gragson in the face. Like, let a couple punches land before you separate them. Get a real good clip in there. You're going to use it anyways. So, do yeah. it. Let's go. I love that Chastain just smiled the whole time, though. Like, oh, that was great. He's just the biggest smile Bring on his it. face. Like, he's like, it's I knew like, this was coming. I, I've been waiting for this day. This is my moment. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, and, and I only say that because I had Brad Kozlowski as a long shot. <laughs> Screw that. <laughs> Never yeah. again. Uh, back to the fight one more time. How yes. many watermelons do you think Ross Chastain has punched over the last couple of months? Getting ready for this. For this. Uh, <laughs> just, I would. He's just got, like, watermelons lined up. I see like a conveyor belt and they're just like coming down and he's like, boom. And then another one, he's like, boom. And he's just punching watermelons on the farm. Set the over under on that one. <laughs> uh, yes, I think, uh, I think that's the case. All right. Well, let's uh, obviously, if you want to continue the conversation about Kansas, join the discord. There's so much more to talk about. Like we could go on. We don't want to make this episode four hours, even though we could, uh, yeah. you know, and and go back and check out the the Twitter feeds yes. too, both NASCAR Gambling and at Husker underscore Zeb. Posted a little bit on each one, but got some really cool videos, up close stuff. Met some, some cool people. Some, yeah, met some really cool people. Got a picture with Bill Elliott, which again, favorite driver growing up, all time favorite driver. Like that made my weekend. Got a picture with Corey LaJoy, Ryan Blaney, uh, Michael Waltrip, uh, Bob Pachris. Uh, yeah, there was there was quite a few really cool guys that I got to meet, got to take pictures with, uh, had a great time. So definitely go check all that stuff out. Uh, had the, the live reaction to the last lap. You could see there's the big TVs behind Pit Road. That's where we're kind of watching the battle on the back stretch. You see him dump him, then then ha uh, Hamlin comes around. Uh, I got caught the end of the, the fight as the guys were being restrained there from up close as well. So definitely check all that stuff out. Uh, Pretty pretty fun weekend, uh, I, man. I had su such a blast there. Live life through the eyes of Cody Zeeb. Uh, all right, we'll come back. We'll talk about the truck race. Uh, a lot of action in that one as well. Not quite so much, but uh, still enough. There was 200 laps. Yeah, this race is going to sound boring compared to the last. Well, one. that's kind of why we <laughs> saved it for last. But <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, we'll be back after a brief second to tell you about that truck race. But let's thank you first for watching our YouTube channel over and over and over again, having a great time with us as we get uh, more acquainted with the YouTube crowd. If you're looking for this one, sorry, it's not up. We uh, we took a break from the video uh, just to get back to our audio roots. But we'll be back again with the, of course, the cup picks and all of everything that we do on a regular basis for you uh but continue to subscribe continue to like and comment and all that fun stuff we see your comments we we answer back to you uh and, and try to make sure that it is more interactive than uh, than you get anywhere else so if you're an og subscriber as well to uh any sort of podcast platform please feel free to leave a review we love it when you do that we love to see what you guys are thinking and talking and want to see more of or want to see less of uh because we are here for you 
everybody. If you play fantasy football, especially in auction leagues. And or you're a whiskey fan. Yes, exactly. Check out the Sports Gambling Podcast fantasy football channel show, Old Fashioned Football. Coming to you every Tuesday morning, give us a listen. We'll bring you the latest fantasy football data, including... The injury report. Studs and duds. Waiver wire targets. And suggested fab. Market movers. After all, we are the Marks. He is my hubby. And she's J. Mark's wifey. And we're bringing all this to you while drinking an old fashioned and giving you our honest review of a different whiskey every week. All that and more. Hop on over, give us a listen, come for the football, stay for the whiskey. This ad's almost done. Going once, going twice. Sold. Well, Cody, lest we forget, there was a race before uh, the Saturday race, and that, of course, was Sunday's race. It was the Heart of America 200. It was the truck race. Look. We're just going to go ahead and not bury the lead. This was not Kyle Busch's day like we thought it was going to be. And and anybody out there, and I've see, I saw it on Twitter that all of the, the guys were like, oh, Kyle Busch is free money. And I'm like, you know, as far as the making fun of everybody that said it, what made you think it wasn't going to be? Like, just because you said it wasn't doesn't mean that you were, like, super predictive. Like, we even told you that it could not be, but... By and large, would think it should be right, and and history dictated that anytime he's been in that, he's dominant. But of course, we also told you that the last couple seasons he's been fallible. So take that with a grain of salt. Yeah, I mean, and that's that was kind of how we looked at it. Like we haven't picked him every time he's been out there. Uh, you know, we we put a little bit on him at the the road course at Coda, but even that day it was like, you know, we, we weren't as confident, and this just felt like the one like. This felt like it would be the time. This would have been K, uh, KBM is looking for their 100th win as a team. And, and so I think that would have, you know, a big monumental thing. And looking at his history in the trucks at Kansas, everything seemed to be lining up. He comes out. He looks fast enough in practice. And then he sets it on the front row. And it was like, you know, he, here he goes. And then he just gets bounced to the wall early. And then things just didn't go his way. And, and we told you that. That was could be the case. That could be an option. That's why we, you know, give out some of these other guys. Like you take him, you sprinkle some of these other things. We didn't sprinkle the right guy. Uh, I think a couple guys in the Discord did. I think the JDK said he had gotten uh, end finger. I think he had him each way too. That's he's really good on the each way bets. Uh, he he gets that option where he's at um, and cashed out big on that. But uh, yeah, it, you know, it it's so hard because. He should just be the best every time he's in there. And in the past, he has been. Uh, I mean, he's got like 130 truck starts or something, and he's won like 65 times. So he's literally winning half the races he's in. Uh, and it felt like he was due. felt like this was going to be the week. It didn't work out. Sometimes that's just how it goes. Um, but, you know, we're, we're not going to pick him every single time he's in the trucks. Uh, but sometimes we're going we're gonna to call our shot. Didn't work out this time, but... Uh, Luckily, we made it all back on Sunday, Fade and Chase Briscoe. Uh, thank God we did that, too. So, um, All right, well, let's go ahead and go. And this was a very equally as entertaining race, I think, even for those 200 laps. And there was only seven cautions, which was a good thing. Uh, 40 laps, so I feel like that's way too many laps for seven cautions. Um, five laps per caution, it shouldn't, shouldn't be that. 15 Some lead of the changes. cautions this weekend were right. Stage breaks were like 20 minutes long. Like Jesus, what are we? I mean, I know we got some TV commercials to get in, but yeah, I, there's not. I don't want to see that many Coke Zero commercials. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's well, and then you got one guy spins out, and then 
it takes eight laps to clean. And it's like there's not even like there's like four pieces of rubber over there that fell off the car. Like go get them and that's it. Let's go. Jeez, there's no doing? debris uh, on yeah. the track. <laughs> Uh, there was 15 lead changes in this truck race, 1,608 green flag passes uh, for this. There was, as I look, as about as many lead changes or leaders as there were in the other one. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different drivers led at least one lap in this race as well. So, uh, again, a lot of great racing up and down the line. Obviously, Kyle Busch, we talked about, led 11 laps, but was not as dominant as we all thought he was going to be, uh, especially after those 11 laps, because that's pretty much when he dropped like a rock afterwards. Uh, a lot of pit strategies came into this as well, so uh, a lot of things happening on this track. Cody, let's uh, let's just recap some bets, shall we? Let's do it. I had Nick Sanchez top five plus one ten. Oh, so close. He ends up in sixth. Looked very fast though. Uh, he started sixth on the day as well. So good running qualifying. Um, and yeah, uh, this one looked really good, really nice for a while. Just right, so so dang close to getting there. Damn, Ross Chastain, get out of the way. But uh, Sanchez finishes sixth. Unfortunately, doesn't catch this one. Well, I had Ross Chastain as a top three car. And he was a top five truck, rather, and that was uh, that's where he was. But listen, hats off to him, though. He made a hell of a run. He started 17th. He wasn't even really in the mix for a lot of this, uh, but found his way up through pit strategy calls, through uh, a couple of timely cautions, and uh, really just played the game very well all day long. Stayed a fast enough truck to be in the mix. Uh, I don't think he'd have been a top three truck, but he definitely, you know, I don't know. If he'd have started in the front, who knows? Because he had to start in the back, right? He was one of those trucks yeah, that had to actually was, go to yeah. the rear. Started, went to the rear. I think they had to change the power steering or something on his truck. Yep. Uh, so he had to fight up through all day. Yep. Got really close to catching this, though. So I think he got good value at, at three to one. He's just in the trucks. It's so unpredictable with him. Sometimes he gets a good truck. Sometimes he doesn't. It, it's so hard to, to nail it. But you got really close on this one. I had Ty Majeski top five plus 100. This one looked good for a little while. He ends up winning stage two um, after kind of running up front throughout the race. I'm not even sure what happened to Majeski at the end there. I I think he got clipped. Know, but he got I, clipped I think, a little bit. I feel like, yeah, I felt like he was one of the guys. Did he get spun out? Yeah. I don't know if he got spun out or if he uh, just ended up in the wall, but I think he might have got spun out. Ends up finishing 25th, so not a very good result for him, uh, but it had life. He, he was a little bit fast. He uh, started in ninth, so not the best starting position, but uh, not not that bad at all for sure. Um, and then, yeah, one stage two, like I mentioned. So he was running up front for a little while uh, before he ends up back in 25th. Well, yeah, him and Raja got together on that. Uh, the, oh, that's what it was. Yeah, they were yeah. racing for third place. Yep. Him and Raja, uh, they just neither one would give each other room. Raja Karuth having a great run, too. Was sad to see that end. But, yes, that's what it was. That And then Majeski just... Hit pit road a hundred thousand times after that. Every time I looked up, he was on pit road, trying to work on that truck and get it back. Uh, yeah, thanks for reminding me that uh, that because that was a. I mean, they were racing. I think they were racing for third, maybe fourth place. Yeah, it was top at five that point sure. and going back and forth, and then just neither one wanted to give the other one room. Ty Majeski, extremely short, by the way. Saw him down on the grid, and he's like four foot tall, I think. 
<laughs> so I'm taller than him. That's fun. It's yeah. He, he's a very there's a, there a lot of the drivers are pretty short. So guys like Carson Hosovar and Austin Sindrick stand out because they're like very very tall guys. Um, but you know, like Tyler Reddick, a very very small man. I know there's been a lot of jokes made in the past at his expense, uh, but Majeski. I don't know. I don't. I don't know why I thought he might be taller, but he is very, very short. <laughs> uh, oh, well, speaking of Majeski, I had Zane Smith over Majeski. Uh, this was at minus one thirty-five, but I, I was very certain that I was going to cash, and it did. Uh, Zane Smith comes in third. Obviously, we talked about Ty Majeski uh, coming in. Zane Smith, fast truck, always a fast truck. Led six laps in this race. Uh, started seventh, finished in third place. Like I said, I don't know that he. I don't know that he factored into the to the finish because uh, again the the margin of victory for this race was four seconds that Enfinger had over Corey Heim, so there was no way Zane Smith was gonna gonna track him down. But you know Zane Smith again had a fast truck all day long. He led from lap he led lap ninety eight. Um, he led back in uh, in a few laps from lap twenty five. So he led at different points in this race, meaning he was in the front for most of this. Um, but like I said, I didn't have any any real doubts that this was going to cash. Even if Majeski would have stayed fast, I still think Zane Smith would have had him uh, at the end. Yeah, uh, again, Zane Smith is just, he's that guy. Like, he is so good week in and week out, consistently fast, consistently running up top. So that was a good call by you. I had Carson Hosovar over Stuart Friesen. Stuart Friesen, our, our favorite Canadian, he showed up this weekend. He was a very fast truck. Ends up with a nice fourth-place finish. Uh, Hosovar was one of the trucks that ended up getting wrecked out, so didn't necessarily get to see everything he had, but started in 20th, uh, and he had worked his way up to ninth at the end of Stage 1, um, but obviously then got caught up shortly after that, so we didn't really get to see where else maybe he could have gone. Uh, but Friesen, I was... As much as he had struggled this season, I wasn't expecting that. They did make a change at crew chief. Maybe that's uh, made part of the difference there. But uh, Friesen was very, very fast this weekend. So uh, he's going to be a guy to keep an eye on going forward as we kind of get to some of these other, you know, higher tie. I mean, oh, all three series in action this weekend, Rod. Super excited for that. Pumped up. Full week of shows coming at you. But, uh, yeah, Friesen going to be a guy to keep an eye on as we as we're going to go forward here. Maybe they're they're finally getting things figured out over in that fifty two camp. That would be very nice. I would love to see that for sure. Because uh, you know, soft spot in our heart for our favorite Canadian, not or that is actually a Canadian. <laughs> he is the Canadian. He is the Canadian. So <laughs> said our favorite Canadian. That's actually Canadian. Um, all right, I had Christian Eckes as a top five truck. Damn it all! I mean, he started on the pole. He led a lot of laps. Fortunately, that 19 car was caught up in a lap 80 wreck that pretty much just took him out of the whole shebang. Um, Go to at NASCAR gambling on Twitter. Look at the picture I posted of that truck. That truck. Well, of what used to be that truck. God bless it. Man. There was nothing left. Oh, my goodness. That that truck was torn to absolute scrap metal. It was crazy. How much damage was on that 19 truck? It was insane how, like, that was almost the big one there at uh, at Kansas. It took out the 4, the 5, the 19, the 25, and the 42. So yeah, took, took out, out some fast cars. Ended up just kind of, yeah, being kind of a big pile up over there in turn one. Uh, and then the people just kept running into, like, Purdy, the 4 truck. 
he's the one who really ended Eckes at the end there, like just like five minutes later, slams into him and, and destroys everything. So that yeah, this was a great call though. I mean, he comes comes out extremely fast. Uh, you know, beats Kyle Bush in qualifying. Very, very fast truck. I had given him out at 14 to 1 to win this race as well. Uh, I feel like that was a really good call because he ended up moving down. It was Kyle Bush still the favorite, and then it was Eckes at like plus 350, plus 450 uh, Saturday after the qualifying before the race. Um, so we definitely got good uh, good line value there early in the week, but uh, didn't quite work out after he got caught up in the Kansas big one. Well, yeah, um, so we both had the same bet for this next one too. Yeah, this was for both of us. Matt Crafton over Matt DiBenedetto, minus 125. And uh, this one did cash as well. <laughs> DiBenedetto actually was running a lot better than I kind of expected him to. Uh, and then he pulled out some dumbassery and just went for a spot that wasn't there. Uh, tried to force in the issue too much. Gets wrecked. Makes this an easy cash for us. Uh, Crafton just kind of had a Crafton day. 11th place, right? Just kind of finishing like you expect him to do. Uh, and Benedetto again, was a fast truck. I, I was very surprised at, at how well he was doing. I think it was some strategy maybe that got him up there originally, but he was holding his own up there. Um, and then, yeah, just just made the the ill-advised move and uh, luckily cashed this bet for us. I was so excited when I saw that truck go down. I was like... Thank God that the universe corrected itself because I was going to be so pissed off if Matt DiBenedetto would hold his serve over Crafton. Because Crafton, look, for him, he started 21st. Like, he had to work his way up to an 11th place finish. He made that a day for himself. Whereas DiBenedetto, like you said, a strategy call kind of got him there. And then, you know, thank God he, he realized that he was running where he shouldn't have been and put himself where he needed to be. So, um, again, Matt, we love you. We want to have a beer with you, but when we bet against you, we, we don't want you to finish well. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, and then, yeah, so for winners, I had Kyle Bush. We've already touched on that. Said to load up, just missed on that one. But Christian Eck is 14 to 1, ended up looking like a very solid bet. Of course, we talked about what happened to him. Didn't quite get to see the, the speed paying out, but he was the fastest truck in qualifying. Looked very, very good. Carson Hosovar, 25 to 1. Again, another one that just never really had a chance because he got caught up in that same wreck. Uh, so that'll happen. Yes, sir. Well, I had Ross Chastain at 10 to 1. Who knows if he would have started toward the front or started in the 17th position where he was supposed to start in the first place and not shuffled to the back. I mean, he made up like almost damn near the entire field to finish in fifth place. I think he would have had something in a day where Kyle Busch did, he had nothing. Uh, I think if, if Chastain would have started in that 17th spot, we might have seen a completely different race out of Ross Chastain, and uh, and he would have been able to. Because, I mean, look, when you got a fast enough truck to be able to work your way up, and, and 200 laps is not a lot of laps. You know, that's the thing about it, too, when it's all said and done. If we had 300, 400 laps in that truck, maybe he would have finished in first, but um, I still think that was a, a very valid call, especially, like I said, in a day where Kyle Busch dropped like a rock, Ross Chastain at 10-1 to 1 probably could have snagged that win. Yeah, I, I don't think it was a bad call at all. Obviously ends up in fifth place. Uh, maybe things are just shaking out a little different at the end, get a late restart or something, uh, and things could have been totally different. So, yeah, I think that was a good call by you. 
want to give a couple shout outs to uh, Haley Deegan. We had a very, very good day. She was running well all day, ends up in 12th place. And Tony Bredinger, she was became the first uh, driver to start an ARCA race and a truck series, the first female driver, rather, to start an ARCA race and a truck series race in the same day uh, and had a good day in both of them. I don't have our ARCA finish right in front of me. I, I feel like she did pretty well in that. I think maybe sixth place or something. But, I'll look uh, it up for a second. 15th place in the truck race in that number one truck. Um, and so, yeah, that was a very good run by her. I was very impressed. The ARCA race had four or five female drivers in it as well. That was very nice to see. Um, and so, yeah, love love seeing the female presence. Got to take some pictures of those, send them to my daughter. Say, look, look at these girls out here racing against the boys uh, and doing a, a very good job. Haley, I was very impressed with Haley throughout the day. A very good run. And then for Tony, being her first ever Truck Series start, um, to get a solid 15th place finish, you take that every day. So uh, props to her. Yeah, I mean, seventh place finish in the ARCA race, too. Yeah fantastic weekend for her yeah i mean yeah, god great yeah great day overall for her she beat a lot of good trucks that's the thing too like at a 15th place finish she beat ben Rhodes. she beat tanner gray uh she bray let's see who else did she beat time johnny Jeske, sauter, sauter. yeah i mean guys who are still running at the end of this race a lot of good trucks out there that she ended up beating so um yeah i mean that victoria's secret one car was uh it was pretty fast out there, or truck rather, it was pretty fast out there. Yeah, yeah it looked nice. So uh, that, yeah, again, great, great to see these these women with their uh, their big presence in the sport that continues to grow. So hopefully that will uh, parlay into more more starts for her. And uh, again, that one truck, Haley Deegan drove that last year, of course, and they've switched to Toyota, but a pretty solid truck. So uh, hopefully to continue to see her get those uh, chances. I concur. I hope they do. Uh, yeah, she's proven that she can hang. Uh, all right. Well, Cody, I mean, listen again. We said that we could talk for about 16 years uh, of how Kansas shook out uh, from your perspective. Obviously, we want to hear more about it. We'll sprinkle it in over the course of the next week. Uh, we'll give you more more Cody nuggets from Kansas. And, of course, stick around in the Discord for more of that. But let's go ahead and end this episode tomorrow, buddy. The books have already started to give us some odds uh, on, on, the, um, on our next race in Darlington. The uh, man, I'm, I cannot wait for this race in Darlington. The Lady in Black, the Goodyear 400. Um, some fantastic stuff going on. So can't wait to break that all down for you tomorrow. Initially, Denny Hamlin's at plus 500. What are you thinking? Oh uh, yeah, I was kind of hoping he wouldn't be that high up because I'm really liking Denny again. But I and we'll talk about it tomorrow. But I, I think it's really hard. You got Denny and Kyle Larson both at plus 500. I think it's really, really hard to bet on the most favorited guys just because we've seen it nine of 12, you know, nine winners in 12 races. It's not always been the guys at the top of the board. It's, it makes it a lot harder to bet on those. Uh, you kind of go down through the list. William Byron at nine to one kind of jumps out. Chastain at nine to one kind of jumps out. Chase Elliott's at 12 to one. But I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know if I really want to bet on Chase Elliott just because how things have been going. He's going to be in that nine throwback. That's the exact, like, throwback of all throwbacks. It looks exactly like his dad's number nine car. They got the Evernham E on the end of the nine, just like that. Uh, I think it's, gosh, I don't want to mess it up. I think it's Lumar Films is who he's running as a sponsor. Like, they allowed him to change the font on the car. Like, it looks exact replica of his dad's car. 
I will be betting on that 12 to 1. Go ahead and place that bet because I don't think on throwback weekend, you can't not bet on the car you want to see in victory lane based off the paint scheme. So uh, definitely check that out. Uh, but yeah, it'll be interesting. Guys like Brad Kozlowski, 45 to 1. Again, we'll talk about it tomorrow. It's tough to bet on a guy like that just based on how this last week went. But uh, some interesting things out here. I'm excited to talk about it. Also, we'll have to squeeze this in at some point this week. We're down to eight drivers in Hamlin Mania. Chris Busher, Austin Dillon, uh, Brad Keselowski, all still alive in the final eight. Uh, the number one seed, Christopher Bell, is out after a bad finish at, at uh, Kansas this weekend. And Ross Chastain and Denny Hamlin go head-to-head this weekend. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll squeeze that in later in the week. Maybe we'll throw that in the DFS show or something. But uh, we'll definitely talk about each of these matchups because, uh, yeah, it's, it's fun. I'll get an updated leaderboard as well. Uh, again, if you want to know exactly, if you're not in the top 15 or 20 or however many I can get out there, uh, shoot shoot us a DM and we'll tell you exactly where you're at and uh, all that fun stuff. Oh, man. Yeah, definitely keep an eye on that one, too, because, yeah, a lot of stuff going on in that bracket, too, man. Bad finishes again, kind of thwarting the the thing like ah it's there's so much going on it's so awesome right now this is what By the time way, to be alive. Uh, i i know that that uh dirty mo media obviously started their bracket this weekend and uh ross chastain and noah gragson were matched up head to head in that one Ooh. and uh they end up fighting after the race so maybe these guys are taking this bracket thing seriously huh hey they knew it was coming man they were like let's go uh, all right well cody as we wrap this up why don't you let everybody know they can find you on social media Yes, follow me on Twitter at Husker underscore Zeeb. Follow the show at NASCAR Gambling. Make sure you check both those out. Uh, kind of scroll back through the timeline of the weekend. A lot of fun stuff over there. I know this show didn't make it on YouTube. I've had an extremely long day. It's like almost 1 a.m. here at this point. So uh, it's been one of those days. But tune into YouTube tomorrow. It's throwback weekend. I got a fun surprise. Going to be exciting. You're not going to want to miss that. Even if you listen on the audio version. You'll want to tune over to the YouTube afterwards and uh, check it out. It's going to be fun. I mean, there's never a reason not to want to go. I mean, that, that the smiling faces that we got going on are definitely ones that you want to see. Uh, follow me on wrong. Twitter at RJV Gomez. No, uh, there's a link in the bio with everything I got going on, whether it's here, whether it's Sportsbook Review, or whether it is in between media. Of course, the back road kicking off on Thursday again. I will be on that show uh, to join Seth and Elliot for our uh, recap of this fun weekend of Kansas and, of course, looking forward to the Lady in Black. We will break down our favorite bets from the Lady in Black tomorrow. Join us then. And until then, let's go racing and let it ride. Let's go racing and let it ride.